Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode of the Downtown Rams podcast is brought to you by our proud sponsors, Thrive Fantasy, Built Bar, and ExpressVPN. Now, using promo code DTSN, our listeners can get $20 bonus cash on a deposit of at least $20 on Thrive Fantasy, 10% off their Built Bar protein bar order, and 35% off their ExpressVPN annual subscription. Once again, all you have to do is use the promo code DTSN and tell them the Downtown Rams podcast sent you. Now enjoy the show. Aaron Donald creates the fumble. Ball goes crashing into the end zone. It is intercepted by Jalen Ramsey. Robert Wood, touchdown. Picked off by John Johnson. Touchdown, Tyler Higbee. Cooper Cup walks it out of the air. Henderson with a good run and a first down still on his feet. Touchdown, Van Jefferson. Everett in stride. Wow. Welcome back, guys, to another Downtown Rams podcast. It's episode 322. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen, and Alexis Kraft is unable to join us as she is out of town. And uh, this is the Downtown Rams podcast, Rams, Chicago Bears. It is a preview show, and we're lucky to have special guest Lauren Cox of Locked on Bears coming on the show. What's up, Lauren? Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Hey, anytime, man. Happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, I got to give a shout out. We talked about it off air, but I got to give a shout out to Lauren. He had this awesome Allen Robinson video, uh, you know, and all of a sudden it was like free Allen Robinson and now Allen Robinson's balling. So you did something there. <laughs> yeah, I think the the video was maybe more ta- talking about just him. He needed to be traded just to get a better quarterback. But turned out that uh, Nick Foles was waiting for him. And so far they're they're blossoming into a nice relationship. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's definitely, you know, one of the better um, wide receivers in the league. So, you know, it is good to see that. Um, But looking at the injury report, as we'll start off, um, the Rams are likely going to be activating defensive lineman Ashawn Robinson uh, to potentially make his debut this week. I can't put into words how excited I am to watch him go full. Uh, Was a huge fan of the move when it happened, so definitely excited for that. Uh, questionable this week for the Rams. We have Daryl Henderson uh, Jr. He has a thigh injury. He is expected to go. Uh, Robert Woods, uh, questionable with a groin injury, expected to go. And Tyler Higby um, is expected to go despite having a hand injury. Kind of surprising there. Uh, the Rams kind of had just a flurry of injuries just show up. Um, and I say flurry, um, but I don't know if you've been following the the Rams, Lauren, but every single injury report going in every single game, they have hardly anybody. So that's entirely a joke because you look over at the other injury report for the other team and it's always, you know, uh, either one or two pages. And uh, the Bears here, I mean, they have Jason Spriggs, Rashad Coward, uh, Khalil Mack, Buster Screen, Deion Bush, and they've already... Um, you know, said that Sherrick McManus is out. So they have a a pretty hefty injury report there. Uh, Khalil Mack, obviously highlighting that, uh, limited with a back issue. He is a questionable, as well as cornerback Buster Screen with an ankle. He uh, he was limited, and he's questionable as well. Um, Deion Bush was a full go. Uh, Rashad Coward was a full go, and Jason Spriggs did not participate. Um, So that moves us on to our next uh, thing here. Lauren, I want to ask you what your thoughts are on both these teams heading into week seven and thoughts on where they might end up at the end of the year. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the injury situations. And, and for most of this year, the Bears have kind of been similar to what you described for the Rams, where they'll have a guy or two here. Like, you know, you mentioned Deion Bush has kind of been on the list every week. But other than that, it's kind of a, a rotating cast of nicks and bruises at most. But this is like the first week where there's some, some real names on there and some real game time decisions that could have an actual impact on them. So it, it speaks to the luck that the Bears have had this season. And I think to some extent the Rams have had a similar luck. I think these are two kind of fairly lucky teams that are, you know, sitting at pretty good records, ready to compete for playoff spots. And we're all kind of waiting to see, I guess, whose who's luck is going to run out a little bit first. I mean, I think the Bears have been a little luckier given their record is 5-1. I mean, they, they've had some pretty crazy fourth quarter comebacks. But I think a lot of people in Chicago look at the Rams, too, and see their four wins have come against the four NFC East teams and the two games that they've played against teams outside of that division, they've lost. And they think there's some real questioning, at least nationally, like, okay, what happens when the Rams play somebody of quality, like maybe the Bears? But at the same time, you look at the Bears, and it's like, well, who have they beat? And, you know, the Buccaneers were a pretty good one a couple weeks ago, and now the Panthers last week, they're, they're starting to kind of prove what they've been able to do. But there's there's still some real questions about whether this team is a legitimate contender. And, you know, even with the Rams, it's like, will the winner of this game gain anything, or will it just say more about the opponent? So it, I'm curious to see if, if we kind of get another ugly, low-scoring game like recent years, or if one of these teams kind of separates itself as clearly a step above the other. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you there. Um, you know, I was looking at this Bears team, and, you know, I'm thinking 5-1, and one, really? Um, you know, it was, it's pretty incredible when you think about, you know, they already they, they made a quarterback change, which is something you aren't even seeing from teams that, you know, need to make a quarterback change, and they have one win this year. Uh, but they made one um, despite, you know, how well they were playing. So um, that was a little bit surprising to me. But, of course, Nick Foles, you know, obviously, you know, the the trade and, and how much he's being paid, it, it makes sense. Plus, I think really they're, they're kind of ready to move on from Trubisky. It's one of the things that they're probably not going to say. Um, you know, according to the fact that, you know, if Nick Foles were to go down or anything like that, well, Trubisky would be back under center. So you can't just give up on the guy and then expect him to come in when you need him. Um, but I do think, you know, that's kind of the changing of the guard there. Um, but, you know, just really looking at this Bears team, uh, I looked at, you know, I looked pretty in depth at this team and I feel as though, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I, I looked at this team, I just feel as though in the fourth quarter, this offense seems to light up like a firework. But the the majority of the game, they're pretty one-dimensional on offense. They like to throw the ball with Nick Foles. Um, they've struggled to run the football, about 3.7 yards per carry. Um, I'm not the highest on David Montgomery. Um, I think by not having Tariq Cohen, it really, uh, I think it hurts their, you know, what they can do um, in the running game. And, uh, you know, I think the Rams, it's really interesting because when you look at these two teams, you know, the Bears struggle, I think, you know, in, on the offensive side of the ball until really the fourth quarter. Um, the Rams struggle, you know, moving towards, you know, the second half because it, it seems like they start fast on offense and then they kind of, you know, hit a wall here and there. Um, whereas these teams on defense are just polar opposite, where I think the Bears are just really good consistently. And then I think the Rams defense, they start slow in the first and second quarter. And the second quarter has just been brutal for them. But in the third and fourth, they shut it down. And they're the best fourth quarter defense uh, in the league this year. What's interesting, though, is the uh, the Bears are the best red zone defense this year. They're averaging a touchdown 33% of the time, which is just incredible. And it's so far ahead of the next team. So, um, you know, what do you think about, you know, th those stats heading in? Do you feel as though, you know, these two defenses are ready to, to really dictate this game and make this more of a, uh, you know, kind of a gritty, um, you know, smash mouth type of style of game or, or are we looking at you know really anything could happen in this one i'm expecting similar to what we've seen the last couple of years and i guess the last two matchups of these teams i mean neither team could get to 20 points but they were very different performances especially i think from jared goff i believe the one two years ago was a number of turnovers in that one and the one last year was a little bit more even keel but yeah like you said like the last week the bears scored their first third quarter points of the season they were the only team who hadn't scored in the third quarter up until that 
stretch last season, they finally punched in a touchdown at that time to, to balance out their scoring a little bit more. But it's been, you know, huge fourth quarter comeback in week one against the Lions, huge fourth quarter comeback week three against the Falcons. And it's for whatever reason in, in those kind of games, some with one was with Trubisky, one was with Foles, but we've seen Foles do it a couple of times also that for whatever reason, when their back gets up against the ball, maybe it's the defense getting a little bit lax in the fourth quarter. For whatever it is, they get into a rhythm and it just starts clicking. And it's it's always the passing game. They have not they, – they were able to run the ball a little bit in the first couple of weeks, but since then, they've played some really good defenses with the, the Panthers and the Colts and the Buccaneers. The Colts and Buccaneers are two of the top five, top ten in terms of the numbers so far this season. So there's some question of like, okay, have the Bears just really been p- playing good defenses or can they not run block at all? And – there's a, a, a belief that they just can't run block at all. I mean, David Montgomery has not been elite, but he hasn't been terrible either. He just has, I mean, he's had no room to work. He's not had a lot of opportunity. And so it's it's been a little bit hard to judge the running back room without Tariq Cohen because they, I mean, I don't know very many running backs that would have a ton of space to work with what they've been giving up front. But clearly I think a more elite running back, you know, the, the likes of Alvin Kamara and some of the best of the best in the NFL would likely be able to do a bit more than what the Bears have gotten out of David Montgomery at this point. But I, I think they've, they've just kind of found ways. I mean, that's, and I come back to like the luck that I was talking about. It just, for whatever reason, it'll click at just the right times. Matt Nagy will get them into the rhythm somehow, some way. Foles will just will away a, a certain completion in a key situation and it works. And there's not like a great rhyme or reason to it. And so the Bears are, are very clear and like they know that they're five and one, but they don't feel like they're five and one good. I mean, they, and they, they see that less as uh, something to be pessimistic about and more something to be optimistic about. That even though they've struggled to score earlier in games and especially in the third quarter and have needed all this luck to win, they feel like they haven't even come close to their full potential this season and they've already won five out of their six games. And so they feel like. If the offense, if they're you know, if the running game keep going a little bit, if Nick Foles can cut down on a few mistakes here and there and just kind of keep his consistency and accuracy underneath, and this defense just keeps doing what it does because it's looking closer and closer to that 2018 level defense as opposed to last year where they took a little bit of a step back, they feel like the formula is all there. You know, the pieces are there. There's there's still question marks that need to be answered, but if and when it can all come together, they they feel pretty good about what the final product could look like. It's just a question of when that final product is going to come together. And I don't think a guy like Aaron Donald and this Rams defense, Jalen Ramsey, et cetera, are, are quite going to let it come together that nicely. So then it's going to come down to, okay, can they scratch and claw their way to 14 or 17 points? It might be enough to win this game. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you there. Now, in, in a perfect world, uh, and say the Bears are able, they just have their way with this Rams defense. I'm not saying that'll happen, but just say in a perfect world, Lauren, how would the Bears want to operate their offense against the Rams? Yeah, it's not going to happen. I think in a perfect world, they would just want to put a couple tight ends on the field and run the ball. I mean, believe it, as much as Matt Nagy gets so pass happy in these games, and you kind of get the question like, does the guy even like to run the ball? <laughs> in an ideal world, they would. I mean, they would like to get physical and run the ball, put two tight ends on the field and not have to spread you out and just kind of take it easy and not have to do anything complicated. You know, make some RPOs in there, some just kind of quick, easy underneath throws. Let Nick Foles be the game manager. That that would be the ideal, you know, get Allen Robinson the ball in space, let him work, get some of their, you know, speed guys, Cordell Patterson, Darnell Mooney. They've got some guys that can create some yards after the catch and do some damage and just not have to, throw too many bells and whistles in there but unfortunately that's kind of been their lifeline there is trying to get just some different things going offensively and trying to do some rollouts and some different things to try and move Nick Foles around even though he's not the most athletic guy they'll they'll get him in design motion just to kind of help the offensive line here and there and he's had to kind of step up and be some of that hero ball that was always a tricky play with Trubisky where sometimes he could do it and sometimes it would just fail horribly. And so far the, the Nick Foles experience has been able to kind of overcome that, but they would like a much lower stress game plan if they could. And, you know, Cole Komet obviously is somebody they really like. And uh, I mean, Matt Nagy said it all year that they've been trying to get him reps. He's a second round pick in this past draft. And by many, a lot of people consider him by far the best tight end in the draft. Um, how do you see him, you know, being effective moving on? He had a touchdown last week, and I think, you know, that was a sign of something uh, there. 
you know, obviously the way Jimmy Graham's played and, and the way he's played against the Rams in his career, he's definitely someone to look out for, especially with Jordan Fuller out. And I'm sorry, but I feel like Taylor Rapp is a severe uh, downgrade to Jordan Fuller, but I think he's an extreme liability in coverage. And I think he's going to be picked on in this one. But do you see Cole Komet potentially breaking out in this game? Yes and no. I mean, so you're right. Last week he had his first touchdown, and that was really like the only real production we have seen from Cole Komet all season. And so the track record and the the full season tells me no. Don't expect anything from Cole Komet because last week was kind of the anomaly. And even that, it was a touchdown like early on in that game, and he really didn't do anything else. So like that makes me, you know, after that's all of his snaps in the season except for a, a couple tell me no, he's not going to break out. But given that. You know, he, he was in more last game. There, there was a clear effort to get him more snaps, even in place of Jimmy Graham at times. It, it tells me that they're they're trying to put him in a position to have a potential breakout game. But again, I, I you don't see that typically from rookie tight ends, and it's been a very slow process for him too. So I guess don't be surprised if it happens, but you know, because they're going to try, but I don't know that this is the right game for if it, if it was going to be a shootout type situation where the bears were going to be scoring a lot of points and throwing a lot of, of touchdowns then yeah he's likely to get some of his too but if this is going to be a game where the teams combine for two or three total touchdowns i don't think cole Komet's necessarily going to be the breakout player he might same with jimmy graham honestly i mean they might catch some underneath stuff and, and graham has been very good in the red zone in particular but this they would like to be a more tight end centric offense than they have been and the tight ends have not been all that productive this season in between the 20s they've mostly just been red zone threats and so they'd like to get the ball there more but i don't think we're going to see a huge performance from either one of them just because i don't know that we're going to see any huge performances in the passing game yeah and and i i think it's funny how you know cole Komet and with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And um, another second rounder, the one that the Rams got, actually, you could say both of them, Cam Akers and Van Jefferson. But I was going to point out Van Jefferson. It's kind of the same thing with him where, you know, aside from a few really nice plays he's had, he really hasn't had an opportunity. And I know they've been trying to get him work, um, but he hasn't really had the opportunity to break out. And this could be a game where like he does. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, you look at the Bears defense and while this defense has just really been, you know, a lock um, the majority of the year, they've let those kind of I don't want to call them obscure receivers. But like you don't think like in the Lions game, you didn't think Danny Amendola would lead the team in receiving. You didn't think uh, Olamide Zacchaeus would have a good game against the Bears. Um, do you see this, you know, kind of looking from, you know, the other side, the other perspective, do you see this as a potential breakout game for Van Jefferson based on, you know, what we've seen with other receivers in the slot and what they've been able to do uh, in taking advantage of this Bears defense? You're right that the, the vulnerable area is a little more the slot in the middle of the field. I mean, the Bears have not had a great play really from either of their starting inside linebackers. I mean, Roquan Smith is starting to put it together, but has been kind of up and down throughout the season. And Danny Trevathan at the other spot has looked old and slow, and, and he's been getting a little bit better the last couple of weeks, but still a vulnerability there in coverage. And then even, you know, with their slot quarterback buster screen on the injury report, we're not sure what he's going to be able to do. And I think last week his fill-in was Sherrick McManus for the most part when screen left for a player or two, and he's, you know, listed on the injury report too. So, that's where the vulnerability is the question of like, again, I, I struggle with breakout game because this feels like a game where there's not a lot of room for anybody to break out. But I think that could be where the Rams offense finds a lot of space. So is that a hundred yards for Van Jefferson? Probably not. But you know, if, if he's the leading receiver, cause the bears cornerbacks on the outside have been playing particularly well, the safeties have been limiting a lot of the deep stuff over the top. So that leaves slot in the middle of the field to be where a lot of that space has been. And I could see the Rams finding a lot of their offensive success in that area. Definitely. Yeah. And kind of, you know, bouncing off that um, with Buster screen and we'll say Khalil Mack here, 
Um, those two are questionable. Now, I would imagine both are going to go on um, Monday, but if they are not able to go, who should we expect to see in their place, especially considering you mentioned Sherrick McManus, but he's actually going to be out for this game. So who would you expect to go in place of Khalil Mack and Buster Screen if they can't go this Monday night? Yeah, I would I would say it's much more likely that Khalil Mack will play. Buster Screen, I would think, is more of a game-time decision because Mack has just been kind of on and off the injury report with real minor stuff for much of the season, and he's been questionable for uh, – more weeks than not, I think, this season. And generally speaking, it hasn't affected his level of play noticeably on Sundays or, I guess, in this case, on Monday night. So I would expect, I would be more inclined to expect him to go. If, if he can't, we would see a lot more Barcavius Mingo, the former, well, I forget which team actually drafted him. I think he was the first-round pick for the Browns, but spent a lot of time with the Seahawks the yeah. last couple of seasons. It was kind of a kind of a top-10 pick flame-out. But, you know, in Chicago, not a great pass rusher by any means, but pretty good in coverage and against the run, you know, kind of that number three edge rusher that isn't going to, isn't going to replace Khalil Mack, but it'll at least not be a complete liability on every play. He and James Waters have been kind of the two rotational backup outside linebackers. They'll flash something here and there, but for the most part, a fairly average in that regard. And then in the slot, I, I would expect to see either Duke Shelley or their, I believe their rookie fifth round pick Kendall Vildor has been getting some slot action as well. Again, I think they want to go with McManus in that spot, but with him being ruled out, Shelley has been the guy that they were going with last year there, but I believe earlier in the season when they took a screen out temporarily during the game, it was Kendall Vildor, the rookie, who came in and got some slot action. They kind of worked him inside and out. So uh, that no matter who's going to be replaced with Buster Screen, it's going to be two, either either a current late-round draft pick or a, a couple of years ago late-round draft pick, neither of whom is someone who inspires a lot of confidence. And again, I think leaves a potential vulnerability that the Bears are going to have to pay extra attention to and kind of make sure that their coverage linebackers are paying a little bit closer attention to who's coming over from the slot and maybe the outside guys, if they're not in man coverage, trying to cheat a little bit inside just to make those windows up the seams a, a little bit tighter. Yeah, and I think with Khalil Mack, you know, going back their last meeting, which I believe was last year against uh, rookie right tackle uh, Bobby Evans, who will not be playing in this game because uh, Rob Havenstein, well, he could play, but Rob Havenstein is the starter um, and he's healthy this year. You know, I mean, I would have to imagine that, you know, Matt Nagy remembers the way he was used and, and Khalil Mack going into that game, people are like, he is going to eat Bobby Evans alive. But the Rams did a nice job of, of keeping Tyler Higby out there and chipping uh, Khalil Mack throughout the entire game, giving uh, Bobby Evans some help. And for the most part, they kept Khalil Mack under wraps. That wasn't the, the same as uh, 2018, where I thought Jared Goff arguably had the worst performance of his career, as he previously mentioned. And uh, Khalil Mack, you know, had his way. Um, assuming, you know, Khalil Mack and, you know, Matt Nagy remember, uh, how last year went, which I would imagine they do. Do you see them trying to do anything, you know, using any sort of creativity to get him going and kind of avoid, you know, potentially being chipped all game long? Well, last week against the Panthers in particular, it felt like this Bears defense, they, they reached closer to that 2018 level in the sense of, being able to get pass rush from a lot of different places. And in particular, they were they had a lot of success running stunts against the Panthers. And Chuck Pagano has always been a defensive coordinator that kind of opts for the stunting game and trying to exchange rush lanes rather than go over the top with blitzing. I mean, he'll blitz here and there, but he's not a he's not the overly aggressive. He's not Greg Williams or anything bringing a lot of heat at opposing quarterbacks that way, especially when you have the kind of pass rushers that the Bears do. So I would expect, you know, with or without Khalil Mack, we'll see a lot of stunting. And I, and I think – the big difference from last year compared to this year is just some of the health that the Bears have in that front seven. I mean, Akeem Hicks has been just as good as 2018. He was injured for a lot of last season. They've got Bilal Nichols filling in a nose tackle for Eddie Goldman. It's clearly not as good in the run game, but Nichols is able to get after the quarterback a little bit. And then the big upgrade, of course, uh, Leonard Floyd goes to Los Angeles and in comes Robert Quinn. And he was disappointing for the first really five weeks of the season or so. But last week he had his best game where he was able to really kind of get some pressure much more consistently, not not really getting home as much, but being that guy who crashes inside and frees up somebody else on the stunt and really being physical on his portion of the play. So the Bears feel like even if you're going to throw a tight end and chip running back every time at Ashkawil Mag, 
they feel a lot better about the other four, you know, the other three man got three rushes that are coming at your quarterback and feel like eventually something's got to give. And then if you start taking some of that attention away from Khalil Mack, then he'll start to get his too. So generally speaking, you feel like they can't, they can't double and triple team Khalil Mack on every play. And if they do, it's going to take something away from the rest of the offense. And there's going to be another pass rusher who eventually is going to get through. It's just a matter of how, how often can they make Robert or how often can they make Jared Goff uncomfortable? And, and how often can some of these other guys in the rotation be that go-to guy? Cause we'll see Mack. He'll get some pressures. He may get a sack in there, but if it's not going to be a dominant game from him, so far this season, other people have been able to step up, but this Rams offensive line looks like one of the best that the Bears have played thus far. Which is surprising to many. Um, not really as surprising to me because I said, you know, the last four games of last year, I felt like this offensive line had the opportunity to really gel. And I know it's a little different because they do start, um, you know, Rob Havenstein and, and they had, you know, Evans last year. Um, and obviously, you know, Corbett's playing a huge role and, and they now have, uh, you know, um, Edwards, uh, David Edwards at left guard instead of, you know, no boom, which is actually more so like the last four games of last year. But, you know, I just think it's really key with the, you know, the offensive line. And I think really the thing with the Rams offensive line is that, you know, Andrew Whitworth, they're going to go as far as, as he lets them go. And, you know, if, if his age starts to affect him towards the end of the year, um, you know, that's one thing, but in these types of games, I don't think you're going to see Andrew Whitworth fall off a cliff. And I think that does bode well for the Rams, but, um, moving in this next question though, I do want to ask you for our listeners, um, that don't really follow the bears, don't really know the bears. What player would you highlight as a player for Rams fans to know on Monday? Anywhere on either side of the ball. Um, I'll say on both sides, if you have a player on both sides. Sure. Um, let's see. Well, I think I'll go, let's go with a rookie on each side because they're starting to get some more national attention. But if, if you haven't been following the Bears very closely, you might not know a lot about them. Uh, defense, the rookie quarterback, Jalen Johnson, a second-round pick. It was a spot that I was uh, really concerned about through the offseason. And I, I love Jalen Johnson in the draft. I mean, I think he looked like a, a NFL-ready quality quarterback. But you still always have some concerns when you go into week one with sort of feeling forced to start a rookie. The Bears didn't have a lot of other great options at that outside quarterback spot. And I was a little bit concerned that, okay, you know, that's it's gonna there's gonna be a rookie wall there. There's gonna be some welcome to the NFL moments and there's a potential weakness in your secondary, but he stepped in from week one and has been I don't want to say lights out, because for for a rookie second round pick, he's exceeded every expectation. How about that? He's been physical, he's been savvy in a lot of those key veteran ways where he can he knows kind of how much contact he can make downfield and what he can get away with and what he can't and you know he, he had some tests early on with uh marvin jones with the rams and then calvin ridley with the falcons and he's going to give up catches here and there like all quarterbacks do he's not darrell Revis or anything but he's really been impressive this season and, and i think last week against the panthers was probably his worst game we've seen thus far but otherwise even against you know the likes of Tom Brady and Philip Rivers and some high quality quarterbacks and offenses, he has been incredibly solid. And he and Kyle Fuller have been just a dynamic duo of cornerbacks this season. So there, there's not even as good as Kyle Fuller is. It's not like you could just go to the opposite side and instantly find a huge weakness with the rookie second round pick. Like I said, I think the slot is going to be where there's advantages there. And then offense, it's the other rookie, the fifth round rookie, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver out of Tulane. This was supposed to be Anthony Miller's big breakout year on offense. I mean. The last three years have been supposed to be Anthony Miller's big breakout year in offense. It still hasn't happened. And instead, Mooney is the week one starter at outside wide receiver because he just played that well at training camp and has looked like, again, not a not a legitimate NFL number two wide receiver, but for a rookie fifth-round pick, far exceeding expectations. He was kind of known as the deep speed threats at Tulane, the guy who can take the top off. And heading into the season, it was like, it was going to be he and Ted Ginn competing for whatever that deep shot role was going to be as maybe your number four, number five wide receiver. That's kind of where we thought Darnell Mooney would be. And now he plays the second most snaps and he is your outside wide receiver behind Alan Robinson. It's, it's the two of them. He hasn't necessarily been the big play offense yet. It just hasn't quite been there with the quarterback situation and with the offensive line. And they haven't been a lot of those like deep bombs that have been connecting, but we've seen Mooney 
you know, establish himself more as an intermediate route runner in a way that I think was unexpected from him coming out of college. And been waiting for like the big breakout performance, but he's been a solid, you know, three or four catches for 30 to 50 yards pretty much it feels like week in and week out. So the rookies on both sides seem like a, a place for inexperience and weakness, but instead they've been two of the brighter surprises thus far. Yeah, I, I definitely, I understand exactly what you mean by Jalen Johnson. been really impressed watching his game. Um, Kyle Fuller, I mean, he, he, what can you say about Kyle Fuller? I mean, he's been very, very good for the Bears. Um, and I'm sure Rams fans already remember him, but no, Jalen Johnson, good pick. And then Darnell Mooney to me is it like, I could see him breaking out in this game. I, I really could. I think he is, he's very scary because I think what well, we'll get into in a little bit, but I, I do think like Allen Robinson is going to have Jalen Ramsey all over him throughout the entire game. And so I think, you know, it'll have an op, you know, an opportunity for Anthony Miller, who's been a huge disappointment as you've basically said uh and you know darnell mooney um so you know we'll see with that kind of you know now we'll, we'll go into this round table section here uh who has the better game jared goff or nick Foles? i think it's going to be really tight because i don't think either one is going to have a great game but i i'm gonna mm, I, that's hard i because i don't like i said i don't think either one is going to be over the top i would I trust the Bears' pass rush to make uh, Jared Goff a little bit more uncomfortable than Nick Foles is going to be. So I, I, I lean Foles has a slightly better game, but I don't think it's a very big difference. Yeah, I'm. I, it really is tough because I, I think, you know, you and I are kind of thinking the similar style of game, not really going to be a blowout if anybody's looking for points. Um, Foles is 3-0 and against the Rams in two starts. Um, he has, he's 54 of 78 for 519 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, we can't really give him the win, you know, when he came in, in relief for Carson Wentz, who was already winning the game at that point. Um, but he has beaten the Rams two other times. So I, I mean, he's, you know, I, I think in this one, it, it'll definitely be interesting. I think, you know, we don't know how much of a role like an Sean Robinson is going to play it because I think when he's fully up to speed, Lauren, I think this defense is going to transform up front. Um, right now, they're just not generating pressure on the edge, and they're really not generating pressure aside from Aaron Donald, who obviously, as you know from watching his film, his pressure uh, is, is very, you know, it helps everybody around him. Um, so, you know, it kind of in a way can overrate how good the pass rush looks because he's doing such a good job of getting the quarterback to roll out. He rolls into a sack or something. Um I'm going to say Goff has the better game, but I think it's going to be marginally better. I don't think the Rams, I don't think the Rams, let's put it this way. I don't think the Rams and Sean McVay are coming into this game thinking they're going to try and throw the ball deep down the field. I think if you're looking at, you know, this game uh, in kind of like an equivalent, I think the Rams are going to have a similar game plan to uh, the New York Giants. Um, you know, people criticize them for sure, but the Giants, as Sean McVay said, were one of the hardest uh, teams to, uh, you know, game plan against because that secondary was balling out. Um, you know, you have Logan Ryan and, uh, you know, James Bradbury, who in a lot of ways, they're very similar to the cornerback duo you see with Chicago, um, you know, in Kyle Fuller and uh, Jalen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Johnson, um, the way, I mean, Eddie Jackson, I don't feel like he's been used as lethally as the way Vic Fangio used him, but he's still a hell of a player. And I think, you know, the way um, Tayshawn Gibson has played as well, um, it, it, you know, you have to give him credit. So, you know, I think that secondary is going to limit what the Rams can ultimately do. I think you'll see a lot of dump offs. I think you'll see a lot of short and intermediate game. I don't think they're going to go for the big play very often. Um, you know, maybe as the game rolls along and they feel that Jared Goff's confidence has, you know, gone up enough to do it. But um, 
obviously we know they have the weapons, you know, having a wide receiver group of, you know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, um, you know, obviously Van Jefferson, Josh Reynolds, and then having tight ends and Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. I mean, there's enough weapons there to do something even against a good defense. But I think, you know, all in all, you're looking at a game that's going to be, you know, Jared Goff has a marginally better game than, than Nick Foles. Um, moving on, the backfields. Um, the Rams are more of a, a running back by committee approach, although, uh, you know, we could definitely say Daryl Henderson has won the job uh, to this point in the Rams backfield. Um, but over, you know, with Chicago, I know they use Cordero Patterson here and there and David Montgomery, and they also have Ryan Nall and Artavis Pierce. Um, who is going to have the better, uh, which backfield is going to have the better game in this one? I think it's got to really clearly be the Rams. I mean, the bears have not been able to run the ball consistently at all this season and the Rams rush defense. I mean, I don't think it's at the top of the NFL, but they're not bad by any means. They've not been you know, gashed for 200 yards by anybody. And on the other side, the Bears' run defense has been hit and miss. I, I would say generally it was bad for much of the season, but I was worried last week that Mike Davis from the Panthers was going to run all over them because he had been really effective in relief for Christian McCaffrey. And the Bears did a surprisingly good job of shutting him down all of a sudden. So I, I, I'm expecting maybe a little better than we've seen from this Bears' run defense for most of the season. Like, they'll keep... Henderson from completely dominating them, but by by all means, I think the Rams are going to be the better running game. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, and, and I wonder if they try to get you know Cam Akers more involved uh, after last week having zero carries. Um, you know, I know Malcolm Brown does a lot of things that the Rams coaches really like, and he does a lot of things that just don't count on the stat sheet. Um, and that's what's allowed him to really stay in this competition. But you know, to me, Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers are the future in that backfield. I liken them very similar to, uh, you know, somebody like, you know, Deshaun Foster and, um, you know, Stephen Davis, the way they were used in Carolina and Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Like, I think you're going to have two starting running backs in that regard. And, and you know, I, I think um, in this one, it'd be a good opportunity if, if they could get uh, Akers going. But yeah, I definitely have the Rams as the better backfield in this one. If Tariq Cohen played for uh, the Bears and he's out for the year, but if he played for the Bears, I think it'd make things a little more interesting. I'm a lot higher on him than uh, most people are, and I'm a lot lower on David Montgomery than most people are. So, um, Plus, I also would like to see Lamar Miller. I know he's on your practice squad, and I'd really like to see him get going uh, eventually. I know he's coming off a serious knee injury and um, you know, hasn't played in, in two years. So, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to ease things up with him, but I wonder if there's any sort of chance that we would even see him in this game. And, and if they, you know, decided to activate him, I would imagine not uh, right. I, I don't, I don't think he'll be in this game. When, I mean, one of these weeks, they're going to activate him at the last minute. Right. I mean, it's going to be, they're not going to let the opponent know during the week that Lamar Miller is going to play. And they keep talking about it. They're just like, yeah, you know, he's, He's a really good player, and we're, we're excited to have him in our backfield. I'm guessing they're kind of waiting to just get him fully up to speed and make sure that that injury situation is good. So it's going to happen one of these weeks, but I have no inclination of whether it's going to be you know a surprise Monday morning elevation this week or if it's not going to be for another three games. We don't know. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because you know looking at the Rams and 49ers game, um, I know everybody, obviously including me, um, you know, we're, we're all focused on Raheem Mostert, right? You know, he has been very dynamic, but at the end of the game, um, in a, in a close game, you know, they, they won by eight points. Uh, you saw Jamichael hasty, um, the undrafted rookie free agent at Baylor. He got a lot of carries towards the end of the game. So I wonder if, you know, you could see something like that and he had a lot of success, I thought. So I wonder if you could see something like that with, um, you know, Lamar Miller, I, I think there's no doubt he has the talent. I mean, he almost had a thousand yards his last year, uh, full year in the league. So, I mean, he's still a talented player. You know, he is getting up there in age. He's almost 30, but I still think he's very talented. It's just a matter of how much uh, athleticism and, and how much, you know, talent of that is just gone because of that knee injury. And, and we'll, we'll soon find out, but yeah, definitely rooting for him because uh, was a big fan of his and the, you know, the knee injury really stunk. Obviously I hope he doesn't come in and just destroys the Rams, but you, you know, I, I definitely uh, like the guy, but moving on um, biggest breakout offensive player on each team. Now breakout probably isn't the, the best word, um, you know, considering the game that we're talking about. Um, but you know, the biggest player on, on the offensive side, uh, for each team, I'll say. 
boy, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how the Rams end up deploying uh, Jalen Ramsey in particular. I mean, like you said, I kind of was expecting Ramsey to, to shadow Allen Robinson, but I was looking at the, the PFF shadow coverage matrix, and we haven't seen Ramsey do a whole lot of shadowing yet this season. I don't know that he's played a wide receiver like Allen Robinson that necessarily dictates it in that same way, but it seems like he's been playing a lot more of the slot lately too, and the Bears have been playing a lot of Robinson in the slot. So, like, it depends on... You know, if they can free Robinson from Ramsey, I would think that he would be kind of the go-to guy to, to talk about a, a potential breakout game there. But I, I will say, I will say David Montgomery, but not in the running game. I, I, I think they'll get David Montgomery going in the passing game a little bit more. I think we're going to see some checkdowns to him from Nick Foles as he finds little room to throw elsewhere. Maybe some screen passes, slips one through. And I think, you know, last week we saw Montgomery start to get a little bit more involved in the passing game, especially when running the ball wasn't working. So I'll, I'll go that way for the for the Bears offense. And as I look at this Rams offense, I, I can't help but kind of feel similarly with them in terms of the passing game and trying to get one of their running backs involved and get them in space with these Bears linebackers, especially if they're able to do some damage with the slot receivers, stretching the middle of the field here and there. I mean, guys like Cooper Cup can – we know how effective he can be in terms of getting open and taking a lot of the attention there. So I can see where underneath then, especially – with all that play action that the Rams are going to play, if the running back can kind of slip out of there. I don't know whether to say Daryl Henderson or, or Cam Akers, because I think especially in the passing game, it can kind of go either way on, on who's going to be the, the big play threat there. But I think in both these offenses, we're going to see a lot of passes to running backs, and I, that can be enough in a, in a game like this when it's not big play scoring downfield. I think both of these running both of these backfields will be very involved in the passing game. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning, except I'm going to say Dar uh, Darnell Mooney uh, for the Bears. I think they're going to put such a premium on shutting down Allen Robinson um, that I think they will, because they have done it before. They tend to let guys, like you saw in the, the Dallas Cowboy game. Um, now, granted, it's a controversial call. You could make the arguments, OPI, whatever, um, but it was uh, Michael Gallup got loose at the end of that game against Jalen Ramsey. Like, I would not be surprised if Darnell Mooney gets loose at some point in this game and, you know, takes one over the top or, or something. Um, my biggest issue with this defense, I really like what Brandon Staley's done, um, but this defense still plays too off. I, I think that they play, you know, they a lot of the time they're playing very soft coverage, soft zone, uh, huge cushions. I feel like Darnell Mooney can not only eat up that cushion, but, I mean, like there are times where there's a guy that I'll get open and, and like you see like the George Kittle touchdown last week, like there's nobody in the back. So it's like there, there's no safety help. And, um, you know, that's going to be an issue. And, and we've seen, you know, issues with Jalen Ramsey and, and you know Taylor Rapp in coverage before, you know, just miscommunication. So I could see Darnell Mooney having a really good game. Um, I could see Cole Komet having a good game. Um, I'm going to say Mooney, though, with Cole Komet as an honorable mention. And then for the Rams, I'm going to say this is another case of, uh, you know, Daryl Henderson having a really good game. But I also think, you know, the guy to watch out for for the Rams, aside from Henderson, is Van Jefferson. Because I think those two corners in Fuller and Johnson, I think, will do a nice job against, uh, you know, Woods and Cup. And I think in this one, you know, we've already seen it's been, you know, four games in a row where, you know, I think Van Jefferson had one catch last week, but aside from that one catch, he was catchless for the last three games before that. So I think that they're going to get him more involved, and I think this is the game to do it, especially over the over the middle, like you were saying. Uh, I think that they can really find a soft spot there. Um, moving on, which offensive line do you expect to play better in this one? Um, I know you've already given credit to the Rams' offensive line, and the Bears' offensive line You know, doesn't really have a, a – a ton there. Um, I was a fan of Alex Bars in the the draft and Cody Whitehair as well. Um, and I know they paid Charles Leno Jr., but I'm not really a huge fan of this offensive line. I'll be entirely honest with you. And I think part of the problem um, with David Montgomery's season and you know my issues with him, um, I don't feel like he's the greatest creator. And again, you know that might not be fair. Uh, but this offensive line is not doing him any help whatsoever. No, I think that's a very fair characterization. He's not he's not the greatest creator. Like he's he's good. Like you give him that space, then he can take he can take a medium run and make it long because he can make guys miss in the open field. But in terms of like being able to sort of bend the angles properly to 
maximize the whatever blocking he does get. That's definitely not his strongest area. So I think you're right there, and I, I you categorized it really well. I think Bears fans would agree with you about this <laughs> offensive line. It's it's been the big disappointment this season. It was the big disappointment last season, and it's been a frustration. I think that they did very little to address it in the off season. They said, you know. Big coaching change will take out Harry Eastan, put in Juan Castillo, and that was sort of supposed to fix everything. And lo and behold, you know, the same five guys, well, four of the same five starters, uh, not a lot changed there. But then James Daniels, left guard, and landed on injured reserve a couple weeks ago. You mentioned Alex Bars. He got he got the fill-in initially, but then last week they switched and started Rashad Coward there. He kind of struggled, but it's also his first game ever at left guard. He's always been kind of a right side of the offensive line. So maybe there's some adjustment period that needs to happen there. So yeah, you know, Charles Leno has been underachieving. Cody Whitehair has been underachieving. Dobby Massey at right tackle is average at best. It's, it's a, it's a rough line. It's not, it's not the worst offensive line in the NFL, but they're not, they're not great. And the Rams offensive line has been uh, pretty darn solid through and through. Yeah, I think that's definitely the best way to put it. Is they're not they're not the worst, but they're they're nowhere near the best. I, I would definitely say that. Bottom half, for yeah. sure. And, and you know, for those of you that are are at home keeping score for your mock drafts, if you're not mocking an offensive lineman to the Bears, I don't I don't know what to say. But um, uh, you might have to do quarterback and pass rusher in that mock draft too. It's it's going to be a tough. Oh one. yeah, that that's a toss up. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> This is a five and one team. <laughs> I can't. You know I mean, right? I mean, you'd think, but here we are. Um. So now moving on to the defense here, who do you think has a better game, the Rams defense or the Bears? I do find it really interesting here. Brandon Staley's return to Chicago, uh, well, return against Chicago, um, because they're not in Chicago. That would be too awesome for the uh, the storyline there. But it, it is really cool that we have these built-in storylines. You have Leonard Floyd playing his old team. You have Brandon Staley as the rookie defensive coordinator coordinating against his old team. You have Robert Quinn against his old team. And yes, Sean McVay, he did play under Sean McVay for a year. So that, you know, I'm not saying everybody's still there that was there, but he, you know, there could be some animosity there that he was traded to the Dolphins and kind of left for dead. You could see him, you know, playing He's got some extra room to to play for, but um, which defense do you feel has the better game in this one? Well, I, I think until further notice, every week I'm going to say the Bears' defense just because they've been so consistent, they've been so good, and I don't think there are very many defenses in the NFL that have quite stacked up to them in terms of play-to-play consistency. And I, I don't want to take anything away from what the Rams have defensively because they have two of the best players at their respective positions in Ramsey and Donald. And I like some of the other younger, unheralded guys that kind of sprinkled throughout that defense, especially a couple of their safeties. I feel like in, individually there have been some some high talent there, even if sometimes there have been miscommunications and other sort of uh, mistakes uh, on the back end there. I like what the Rams are doing defensively, but I think the Bears – are still the uh, the more consistent and, and stronger group top to bottom. Well, I, I have to agree with you. Um, you know, I think the, the Rams and Bears have a lot of the similar parts. You know, both have they, – they're struggling in the linebacker group. Um, you know, they, they have a, a good secondary. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they're both really good defenses. I think the Rams are really good. I think the Bears are an elite defense right now. Um, so – you know, you've mentioned 2008 consistently throughout the show. That's really what they're playing like. I mean, you know, they don't have Eddie Jackson, you know, again, as I've said, he hasn't been quite as lethal without Fangio, but I mean, still, you know, he's still a great player and you have the rookie Jalen Johnson playing the way he is next to Kyle Fuller. You have a pass rush off the edge um, with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. Um, and then, you know, obviously up front, you know, Roy Robertson, Harris and Bilal Nichols, and you can't forget Hakeem Hicks. Hakeem Hicks is one of the best and most underrated interior defensive linemen in all of football. And I thank God to this day that Bill Belichick doesn't have him because <laughs> man, like, I, I don't think people realize he was with the Patriots, uh, not like it was, you know, before the bears got him. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible to think about that. Um, yeah, it's his third team, actually. The Saints drafted him, I believe, and then he went to New England, and it wasn't until Chicago that it all kind of clicked. Yeah, and it's it's definitely clicked. We'll, we'll say that. I don't know if he played the last time the Rams played uh, the Bears, but... Um, I don't think so. He, well, they got lucky there because he is he's a game-breaker, and I think that's really the most important thing is I think the Bears have uh, three legit game-breakers 
um, you know, guys that can completely change the course of the game um, and take over the game. Uh, Akeem Hicks, I think Khalil Mack, and I think Eddie Jackson. So, um, you know, when you have three game breakers on your defense, I, I kind of have to lean towards you. I think the Rams obviously have two with Aaron Donald and, and uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, but I think the, the really biggest thing and the reason why I have no issue saying the Bears the Rams are a completely different defense without their rookie sixth-round safety. I know that sounds crazy to say, but for whatever reason, <laughs> I completely whiffed on uh, Jordan Fuller, and the Rams completely did not whiff on Jordan Fuller. He was their number one uh, safety, or at least one of their top scouts said he was the number one safety on their board. Um, they were super high on him, and he's played really well. And I think you know their reluctance to play uh, Terrell Burgess, their third-round pick out of Utah, and, you know, play Taylor Rapp, who was their second-round pick last year out of Washington. Rapp is such a liability in coverage. I, you will not hear me say that enough. Um, he just is. And I think that's going to be an issue in this one, um, especially where, you know, the way we're kind of steering here, it could be one or two plays that ultimately decide this game because I think they're pretty even um, across the board, but kind of moving on here, we talked a little bit about the Ramsey and Robinson thing. Are there any other key matchups you're, you're looking at? Well, the other one that we talked about, of course, was, uh, Rob Havenstein, Khalil Mack on the right side there. Although they've been, they moved Mack around plenty, especially on third downs. We'll see Mack and Quinn rush from the same side, you know, Mack almost from their nine. I mean, they'll, they'll do some different matchups there. So that's definitely one that I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. And I, I'm just curious to see what Leonard Floyd is able to do against his former team, against an, an offensive line that's struggling. I mean, he's he's gone up against Bobby Massey and Charles Leno at practice for many years in Chicago. So I'm curious if that's the type of situation where he might know how to beat them here or there, or if the Bears will just completely have his number. That's a great point. That is a that's a fantastic point. I guess I'll I'll add on to that um, with Brandon Staley. I'll ask you a, another question here. What 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 do you think? Um, obviously, you know it's a little different personnel wise from when Brandon Staley was with the Bears, but it's not extremely different. There's still a lot of guys on this team that were there with Brandon Staley. Do you think that helps the Rams at all? Do you think that there are tendencies that Staley knows about this defense that, you know, he's kind of funneling in on the coaching's meetings and, and getting them ready for? Yes and no. I mean, I, I, does it help? Yes. Is it going to be the difference between a win or a loss? Probably not. You know, I think he knows what Kyle Fuller likes to do and, and what types of plays, you know, Kyle, what kind of routes Kyle Fuller will jump on and what kind of, what kind of routes he, he'll sit on, you know, little things like that, that maybe, maybe you could pick up from watching enough tape anyway, you know, that any defensive coordinator could look if they took the time and really kind of iron through every play that they possibly could. But I think generally in the week to week preparation for a season, you only have enough time to watch so much tape and, and Staley would know years worth of tape on a lot of these guys, Khalil Mack too. But at the same time, I don't think that there's like this, this secret formula like, Hey, block Khalil Mack this way. And you're going to stop him every time or, you know, run this route of Kyle Fuller <laughs> and you're going to win every time. So I, I think it helps, but I don't think it's going to be a, a secret elixir for the Rams to win. Definitely a good point there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll ask uh, one more question until we get in the stat and score predictions. Um, who is going to be the best defensive player on each team in this game? So there's the obvious players, you know, like Mack and, and Donald. And it's hard if I, I'd like to just kind of say, you know what, let's let's take Aaron Donald out of it because I think he's going to that's kind of the obvious one that he's going to be the best. I don't think the Bears will have a yeah. great answer for him on the inside. But, you know, I, I would have said uh that young safety that you guys had in the, in the back end there, the late run pick whose name keeps escaping me, but he's been solid there. I mean, I've absolutely loved watching him play so far this season. So yeah, Jordan, Jordan thank you. Um, but I, I, I lean, you know, Darius Williams. I, I think he's been a guy that isn't a well-known name by Chicago bears fans, but given all the attention that Jalen Ramsey gets nationally. And I think Troy Hill has kind of struggled a little bit opposite him from what I've been able to tell. I wonder if Darius Williams, won't get his hands on a Nick Foles pass at one point. Like, I don't think Foles is going to try and test Jalen Ramsey on a lot of tight window throws, but he might be more inclined to try them against somebody like Williams or, or Troy Hill. And I would trust Williams to make that play in particular more than Hill. So I'm going to go with him on the Rams defense and on the Bears defense. How about, how about Kyle Fuller? Just because he has been playing 
pretty darn well the last few weeks. He's been lights out. He's been forcing turnovers. He's, he's delivered some just monster hits. He's forced fumbles on two humongous hits. You know, guys kind of coming over the middle a little bit, and he's sitting in underneath his own coverage. Just step up and absolutely lower a shoulder to them and, and jars the ball loose twice. He's also got his hands on a couple of passes. They haven't always been picks, but he is in the zone right now at, at the outside cornerback spot. I mean, we've known he's he, he's a first ballot Hall of Very Good player, but he's been playing at a, a slight step above that so far the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that, I thought that was really spot on. Um, you know, Darius Williams, I'm glad you mentioned him. I think people are finally starting to under, well, the people that watch football and know what they're talking about are starting to realize how good he is. Um, and, and it's funny how you said, you know, if he gets his hands on, he's going to come down with it. I mean, that's that's Darius Williams. He's got some phenomenal hands. It It's pretty crazy. I mean, I think they could probably line him up at wide receiver and <laughs> have him do something there. But um, nonetheless, though, for the Rams, I'm going to go with, uh, you know what? I'm going to just do this. I'm just going to have some fun with this. I'm going to go with Leonard Floyd, um, kind of along the lines of what you said. You know, he has, he went up against uh, Charles Leno. He went up against Bobby Massey. He has experience and familiarity, uh, you know, against those guys in practice. Um, I think he's been the best edge defender, uh, which isn't saying a lot at all for the Rams. Um, he's been inconsistent as a pass rusher, but he's been phenomenal against the run. I think he puts it all together on Monday Night Football against his former team and really has a, you know, kind of show out game, um, you know, kind of like, you know, this is what you're missing type of game. But then I think that'll be negated because on the other side of the ball, you're going to have Robert Quinn do the same exact thing against the Rams. I think he's going to have a very, very good game. Um, I think that, you know, by, you know, all the attention being put on Khalil Mack, I think Robert Quinn is going to be the guy that really um, has a game that, you know, kind of pans out for him. I'm not saying he's going to break the game open, but I think he'll be consistently winning, um, you know, at the point of attack. I think he will get in and pressure Goff, uh, probably a sack for both guys. I'll say Floyd probably ends up getting two sacks. Um, I don't know. I have, I have a really good feeling about Floyd in this game. So I guess we'll go into stat predictions if you have any. Your thought about Floyd there is not a bad one in the sense that, like, that's been his M.O. with, with sacks is that they tend to come in bunches. You know, in Chicago, it was always Aaron Rodgers. He'd get a couple of sacks every time the Bears played the Packers for some reason. So I I agree <laughs> with you there. Uh, in terms of stats, it's, it's hard because I think this is going to be an ugly stat game, right? I mean, there's not it's not like, you know, a bold prediction. Nick Foles is going to throw four touchdowns. It's not that kind of game. But – I, you know, it's it's so it's going to kind of be tempered things. Like I, I think it would be, I think it's a bold stat prediction. Like to say Cole Komet scores another touchdown. You know what I mean? Like I think it could happen. I think the Bears are kind of looking yeah. for him in that spot a little bit more. And the, the catch he made last week against the Carolina Panthers was a really tough kind of tight window catch. The problem has just been for he and Jimmy Graham is like separating in route running over the middle of the field and anywhere outside of the red zone has been a little bit of a challenge for them. So I would be surprised to see them kind of try and get another ball to Cole Komet in the end zone. I think. I, I think from a strategy standpoint, I think Anthony Miller will have a, a few more catches than we're used to. I, I have a feeling this week, for some reason, he's going to be able to find a little bit of room to work, and he'll actually catch it this week as opposed to some of the drop passes as well. So I'll, I'll give I'll give Anthony Miller, you know, three catches for 50 yards. I still think David Montgomery is kind of the the guy to watch out for in this offense, but it wouldn't surprise me if if Miller's the one who finally gets at least something close to what we were hoping to see from him earlier. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a good one there. Um, it, it's mild, right? I mean, it, 350 is, is mild. It's so tough because, like you said, and I'm glad we're, we're really on the same page in regards to this game, so I'm really interested to see the final score prediction. But as far as stats, I mean, this is one of the harder games to, I think, to throw out a stat. Um, I think Jared Goff is going to throw an interception in this one, and I think uh, Nick Foles is going to throw an interception in this one. Um, I can say that with confidence. I think they both will. Um, I think surprisingly though, the Rams will go over 120 yards on the ground. I, I do think they'll do that. Um, which I think could be the deciding factor in this game. And I think, um, you're going to get two sacks from Floyd and two sacks from Robert Quinn. I'll leave it at that because getting Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack, I don't think it's fair to ever predict anything for them because they can literally do anything. Like we we've seen, <laughs> we've seen Khalil Mack. I think, um, I don't know if you play, uh, like 
fantasy football using defensive players. I think he once had 60 fantasy points in my league uh, that one game against the the Packers. I mean, he's he's unreal. I, I think the the one cool thing that I could throw out there, I won't do it this time, but Aaron Donald's never had a touchdown before. Khalil Mack definitely has. So I wonder, you know, when is it going to be? This guy has 79 sacks and 100 games or 99 games. When is he finally going to get his touchdown? I don't know if it's going to be this game, but it's definitely something to just throw out there um, because I'm definitely waiting for it. Um, but now the the final score predictions. Okay, this is, you know, if you guys fast forwarded to the end, shame on you. But this is, I know people love this part. Um, where are we going, Lauren? How do you How do you see this game ending up? Well, it's hard to give either team more than even like one touchdown. I think there's going to be a lot of field goals in this. I'm curious to see how the Rams field goal kicking goes this week. I, okay. I can't I can't see either team getting more than a few points over the ones. And I could see this score going either way, but I, I find myself coming back to like a, a 16-13 Bears. And it's, you know, each gets one touchdown and a couple of field goals in there. And maybe the Rams are, maybe there's three seconds left and it's, former Bears practice squad kicker Kai Forbath lining up for the game, tying field goal for the Rams. And it's, you know, it comes up shorter off an upright or something. I think it's going to be that kind of close last second, three point, one point, two point differential game. But if I have to put a number to it, 16, 13 Bears. Yeah, it's um, man. It's definitely tough, isn't it? I mean, you know, I think both these teams against the right teams are capable of scoring over 30. I mean, I, I don't think that's, the, the problem I think the problem in this game is I think these two teams are very similar to each other there's familiarity all across the board uh, there's dynamic players on both sides of the defense um, there's talent all over and there's a guy that really does I think he does a, a solid job of taking care of the ball and playing the game manager role in Nick Foles um, there's a guy that does want to be more of a gunslinger um, in Jared Goff uh, and can get you know can get himself into trouble um but I look at this game, and I think very similar to you. I'm going to have um, the Rams winning this game, though, and it's going to be close, but I'm going to have 19-17 ugly game on Monday Night Football, which it seems like Monday Night Football is really getting ugly nowadays. But 19-17, um, I'll have the Rams winning this one. I think uh, over 120 yards on the ground for the Rams is kind of what does it for this team. Um, I could see a game-clinching sack by Leonard Floyd being the game winner. Um, a game ceiling sack on fourth down or something like that. But I think, you know, ultimately, um, you know, that's where we stand here. I don't think, and we're on the same page in regards, I don't think either team is going to go over 20. And if they do, it'll be 20 or like 21 points. It's not going to be anything too crazy. Um, I think the field goal kickers will be, uh, they'll be used plenty. And, I mean, we'll see, man. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a safety in this game. I think both defenses are attacking. They have that mindset where they don't want to just, you know, be enough. They do want to attack teams. And while this Rams pass rush hasn't been the greatest on, you know, the edge, I do think um, if they're able to get uh, Ashawn Robinson back, I think it's going to help everybody around. Um, And I think ultimately he's going to play. It's still up in the air, but I think he'll play for for Monday night and will help out Aaron Donald and company uh, potentially taking on double teams and, you know, anchoring the defense. But again, this could go either way. You know, 1917 prediction does not mean the Rams clearly win or the Rams dominate. I think these teams are very similar. Um, you know, as far as where they are in like team, you know, stats, the Rams do look like they would dominate based on their offensive stats, how in the Rams are like, you know, eighth in the league and, um, you know, scoring attempts in the red zone and, and, you know, the bears are 25th. Like there's a lot of those stats where you'd say, okay, the Rams will probably dominate. I mean, they have, you know, 25.3 points per game and the bears average 21.3, but I just, I don't know. And this one, I, I think it's going to be different. And I think people are still going to say, well, the Rams barely beat the Bears and they're not very good. But I just think you got to take every game, you know, game by game. And the, I don't want to hear it when, if the Rams win this game and we have to hear how great, you know, Tampa Bay is and Tampa Bay lost to the Bears. <laughs> so, you know, the, I think the Bears have, uh, you know, they've shown that they're, they're somewhat legit being five and one. We'll see if they can hang on, but um lauren really appreciate you coming on appreciate your your content um you know i had an opportunity to check it out more in depth this week uh before this week it was more just the Allen robinson video which was awesome 
Um, and uh, if you have any, you know, last second stuff you want to kind of throw out there for my listeners to check out, uh, you know, feel free to do so, man. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me on. And like you said, I, I'm, this is going to be a fun game that I think one play in either direction, you know, one one turnover, one extra turnover here or there, one missed tackle that creates a big play here or there could be enough to kind of swing in both directions. So I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate you having me on. Like you said, it's five days a week on the Lockdown Bears podcast on Twitter at Cox Sports One. I always say it's like Fox Sports One with a C instead of the F. And uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure our paths will cross again too. And maybe these two teams, their paths could cross again come playoff time. So who knows? Maybe we'll be doing this again in January. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check up on each other then. Um, you know, good luck the rest of the way to your Bears. Good luck the rest of the way to everything you're doing. Really appreciate you coming on. And you know, I know you're a busy man, so uh, hopefully I see you at some. You know, the next Senior Bowl or something. Yeah, hopefully we can have uh, the next beer at Veets. It'll be on me. How about that? Ah, I like it. I like it. Well, uh, hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Jake Ellenbogen. and he's Lauren Cox. Unfortunately, Alexis Kraft was unable to make it, but she will be back next time. You guys take care and enjoy the game. Go Rams. Go Rams.